I get my foot wrapped around the mic uh, cables and because uh, they exited from the front of the amplifier. <laughs> I fall over backwards. Everything is pulled out. And I mean, it's not it's not like it just disconnected. I like I ripped the, the, the damn wires out. Right. And the sound thing goes nuts now at this point. You know, it's drowning out the orchestra. And this guy, oh, he's red. Welcome to Achieving Failure, a podcast about the adventures of life. I'm your host, Chris, and join us each week as we bring you a collection of autobiographical stories that made us who we are. From the glitz and the glamour to hitting rock bottom, this is Achieving Failure. You too can almost be somebody. Now, the one thing I have to ask is going through old photos, going through the old photographs, which uh, <clears throat> me and Mike were talking about. Going through the old photos, we found a lot of old stuff from, I don't know, the 70s, 80s, whenever it was. I guess you called it Christian retreat camp, but there was a lot of, for a Christian retreat camp, there was a lot of nude magazines and revolvers and a lot of booze. And who who told you this? Well, there's pictures that you have. I have pictures with revolvers and... Yeah, it's, well, there's Uncle Jack looking at a revolver and there's nudie magazines wow. on the wall you know, and i don't remember that but one of the stories it was a lot worse you, than i remember I, uh, yeah. well one of the stories that always made me laugh was was it a real revolver huh? oh man well, i'm gonna have to check this out again but one of the stories was well i mean there's a couple of stories but one of them was when uncle doug came to visit I guess this cabin, Christian retreat cabin, or even just a, a summer cabin. It was a long stretch of road, and Doug was on his way to visit you, and you guys would always mess with him. And you guys did that one, you, you kind of planted something in the middle of the road to mess with him. Do you remember what that was? Well, yeah, but you know, you got to remember this was like uh, version four or three of a series of... Uh, of activities, the, the the first of which I think was the most successful, and that was, um, you know, alien landing. Okay. Well, no, hold on. I'm sorry. So, how many successes were there? There was four. Well, we had gone there many times. Okay. And this but was where? This was. This is Lake Koinonia in New York. Okay. And yeah. the reason you went was you go up there. You you go and. As it's a Christian group, it's the church group, and you have some services and, you know, prayers, and you discuss things and so forth. And, and there was, and we fulfilled those obligations, but in addition, we had to have some entertainment. So uh, one of the entertaining things was we put together this idea that what would it be like if, um, well, maybe we could have aliens land, and they were a mixture of, of young people, male and female. We could have and, and, and a chaperone, two adults who turned out to be less than adults, okay? More like kids themselves uh, mentally. But we said, well, how would we do that? I said, well, I, I have the equipment to do that. We're going to record alien sounds and we're going to, I said, I got it. I, I'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a radio program playing music and then we'll have We'll break in with a, a an emergency message. Uh, there's aliens landing, like right in that town, and then um, we could have some lights go off in the in the 
this, this is the deep woods. So there's mm-hmm. it's a lake and there's woods and it gets very dark at night. So we could have some lights go on and off. And um, we could have this multi-track. So there'd be multiple speakers with sounds from different places. I said, oh, this sounds complicated. I said, it is complicated, but we could do it. We have the technology. <laughs> so we recorded hours and hours of these sound effects and synchronized them beautifully. Uh, there was one little hitch that had to happen, and that is we had to lose the... We were playing some radio at the time. I said, let, let me tune in a better station. And of course, the station I tuned in was the recording. Everything downstairs, everything pre-wired, and... Um, at the exact appropriate time when it was dark enough outside, we were listening to the radio and, and everybody's happy and we're kibitzing. And, and then all of a sudden we hear this announcement. I said, wait, whoa, listen, this, did you hear that announcement? Yeah. We interrupt this program to bring you the announcement about the alien that have landed in, uh, and we named the town. And they go, Eldred, New York. Oh my God. That's like, we're here. This is it. And then sound effects goes off. And, we didn't expect people to get so excited. One of the girls fainted. Everybody else panicked. And then somebody, like right out of the movie script, right out of the movie script said, turn off the lights. So I don't know what that, why the hell anybody would even say turn off the lights, but they said, let's turn off the lights, which was perfect because that was total panic. All you needed a couple of us to start moving around, touching people. And that was it. It went berserk. Absolutely. It was out, a little out of control. So... Uh, we we were actually worried. We thought we'd have to take this one girl to the hospital because she was just hyperventilating and just all over the place. And, and finally, we had to fess up and say, okay, look, let's settle down, settle down. No, 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 it's real, it's real. Said, okay, you know what? Come downstairs in the basement. I'll show you the equipment. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. It was fine. Okay, so a year goes by and we're back and we're going to Koinonia. And I say, you know, that was good, but we could do much better than that. We could do much better. So... Every year we'd get a little bit better. And one year, my buddy George and I said, this is going to be it. We're, this, let's script it. Let's get it all set up. We're going up the day before. Okay? Why are we going up the day before? It's going to take us a day to wire the house. We went in. We went under the house. We installed transducers, speakers, microphones, wiring, lights, all manner of things that would just be incredible. Now, this all had to be synchronized. We piled all the equipment in the back of my buddy's Jeep. Everything wired, probably four or five decks, electronics. And we had it so that we could actually literally back the Jeep up to the house and just plug the Jeep into the house. Everything was there. Perfect. Nobody was any the wiser. And George somehow had found a stoplight, a traffic light. I said, whoa, we can't let this go unused. I said, let's put it in the middle of the woods. Now, is it one of those like hanging traffic lights? It's a real traffic light, like a real one. And it's huge. It's like like four foot high. (laughs) And that took us time to to hang that and get it set up and then have the switch panel so that you could do red, yellow, green, green, yellow, red. And, uh, And there's where you remember Doug coming up. And sitting there for 10 minutes while the stoplight was on in the middle of the freaking forest uh, with no other cars around at all. But that was, uh, but that wasn't the fun part because imagine now, I, I, I can't reenact the scene because it was too complicated. But when you entered the, uh, the cabin, 
the first thing you saw was blood everywhere. <laughs> and as you entered a little further on, there was a hanging body, uh, a dead person. It was Ralph. Ralph was dead and he had hung himself and he was pale. You could see he was clearly dead. Uh, he'd been there for days. And um, everyone walks in and they all start laughing. And I, I said, Ralph is dead and you're laughing. They said, we know this can't be, you know, real. And I said, God damn it, we're, we're so good at this, right? You know, then they, they got it the first time through. We had all sorts of gags and uh, the stoplight was the best one because I guess they realized how good we were at all of this. So Ralph goes, you know, I've been hanging up here for like four hours. I wanted a better <laughs> response than that, right? Uh, it was a thing of beauty. The only thing I, I regret is that it was not documented photographically. That would have been, that would have been good. Yes. Well, that was the one thing that we used to laugh about because now that we look at it, and that's kind of the reason why we've been doing this whole podcast is it's more of my passion project love letter to the old days of running around with a camcorder to reminisce about old times and you look at it 20 30 years later and it's just you laugh and have a good time and unfortunately with the way things are going i mean the only reason why people run around with a, a camera is to take videos of stupid shit it's not even fun anymore it's like just okay you have a camera it's just nobody takes a picture of their family nobody it's not like the way it used to be so well, the reason i'm doing this is now to try and at least bring back what made me happy and made me want to tell stories and things like that but the one thing that we always laugh about and whenever we get Mike is just the whole apple picking and how year after year after year, it just got more and more almost ridiculous or just more and more involved. Yeah. And, and, and those are, you know, crazy times, silly times and, and, and memorable times. Now who started that? Is that because the, there's this back and forth that this started before we were kids. This started long before we were kids, and then there was other rumors that it started around kind of just a family gathering after. Well, it's not unusual, especially in northern New Jersey, where there are a lot of apples and apple picking. It's a tradition for families to do that. So, uh, yeah, your mom and I had done that before we had kids. And it was a beautiful tradition to add to our family and our friends. So we kind of were the ones who said, we're going apple pick and we sent out invitations. We had groups together. They'd come back to our house and we, we sort of made it a tradition, you know, amongst our, our, our close friends. Uh, and it, it was a nice tradition and, and it, it's funny and it's silly. And of course, uh, our, uh, our friends' kids did a lot of silly things that were, were fun. And there's, there's a good memories. I can't, I can't help but believe that, you know, if there's someone listening to this, they probably have similar stories that they probably should share with you uh, because that would be, uh, you know, you think you're the only ones, but no, there are a lot of people with stories like this. Well, I mean, because we got to think as kids, I remember it wasn't just us. It was just a plethora of minivans 
people pouring out into yeah. the orchard. There yeah. were people like every year. Well, it's an they, event. It I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we used to look forward to that, and you know, it was a, a you know a lot of food, a lot of fooling around and being silly and picking out. It was an excuse to have a party. Yeah. Right. I that mean, was your September excuse to well, just go. Whether or not, you know, was to, you know, hey, can we steal some apples? Shove, shove some apples in, you know, underneath the hood there. Why don't you put it in the wheel well? You know, they'll never see it, you know. And uh, they wised up to that pretty quick. They just said, yeah, we don't care if you steal any. You owe us 80 bucks going in. So it's uh, pay up front and you do whatever you want, right? You know? Well, it used to be you paid going out, right? You paid going out, yeah, right. Like, and then they could, uh, go, could I check your trunk? And then you'd try to, you know, stick some in an old tire or something. They're like, you're getting away with something, right? <laughs> hey, I stole 20 cents worth of apples. whoop de doo you know? But uh, now they just, they get you going in and you do whatever you want. You know, you want to kill somebody, fine, whatever. You know, yeah, you want to, you want, you want one of these long apple picking uh, things with the sharp edges? Sure, here, five dollars. <laughs> Right? And then, of course, that's a part. What's a, what are two kids going to do when they have sharp instruments in their hands? They're going to try to hit each other with them, right? Would, wouldn't that be the, the most, you know? No, they're for picking apples. Don't give the kids one of them. Wow, they have to have it. They're, they're short. They need this long thing to hit. And invariably, somebody gets it in the head. Well, I know that was the immediate thing. It's the parents are like, hey, let's get to go pick apples. And, and the kids mind. The first thing that comes to their mind is, well, I'm going to go hit my sibling in the head with an apple. Of and course. That's just well, how it became. It just... Why would you not think that? They're, they're like, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're all over the ground. You pick them up, you try to hit somebody in the head. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I think that's natural, right? And I think that yeah. became the family that's tradition of parents to go pick apples and the kids would try to beam well, each other and knock each other. How do you learn about, how do you learn about poison ivy? Well, poison ivy grows on every apple tree in the world, okay? And you crawl up an apple tree, don't you? Yes. Okay, so not only do you get apples, you get poison ivy. And that's always fun, <laughs> right? You know, not the same day. You get it the next day. Now, what about as far as, like, growing up? I know growing up as a kid... Actually, you, you reminded me of, of yet another incident. <laughs> Actually, it was kind of funny. Um same thing, you know, we're there, we're doing the technical stuff. I, I was part of sound crew. And uh, somebody said, you want to do, do uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday nights. They have a thing there. You get paid for it. I said, well, what is it? Sound. sound. You can do the sound crew thing. I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, and this is still is high it? school? Or this is high it? school, yeah. Okay. And you got paid. It's an evening performance. I said, what is it? It says, uh, Aida. I said, what do you mean, Aida? He said, the, you eat the opera, Aida. They're going to run it, you know, like four nights. I said, oh, well, or how long is that? What's well, like five hours? I said, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so actually I do like opera, but I don't like Aida. I think that's the reason why. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they have an orchestra. And again, you know, the, the maestro is out there and he's... Uh, He's all, I have to have everything just perfect. And I, you know, I, I don't, what, who are you? Who, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here for sound crew. Uh, we don't need sound. We don't need sound crew. Uh, this is an orchestra and, and, and it's opera. We, we don't use sound. I said, I was here for sound reinforcement. I was told to be here for that. And said, well, I said, plus you have announcers that have to talk and they have microphones. And, oh, goodness. Oh, I just I hate this stuff, you know? So 
I get everything set up and everything's going fine. Oh, good evening, everybody. It's a beautiful evening and we have Aida here, a special performance. Maestro, uh, you know, Vitellini. And he is, uh, he's very special and this is unusual for him to do a, a high school. So well, let's have a big round of, of applause for him. And, and then uh, everything starts and, da, 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 and the music's coming. And all of a sudden, I have to move my chair a little because I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable. I get my foot wrapped around the mic uh, cables and because uh, they exited from the front of the amplifier. <laughs> I fall over backwards. Everything is pulled out. And I mean, it's not, it's not like it just disconnected. I like, I ripped the, the, the damn wires out, right? And the sound thing goes nuts now at this point. You know, it's drowning out the orchestra. And this guy, oh, he's red. I mean, he's more than red. Uh, he's, he, he didn't even want the sound. And now here I am competing for, you know, attention. And uh, I, I get to my feet. Oh, my God, hurry up. My chair is making noise. It's a metal chair. It's making it. Everyone's looking at me now. And I'm trying, you know, ferociously to try to get these wires back in there. I don't have a light. And, and some of them are broken. And now I'm, I'm using my hands to twist, the, you know, the pairs of wires together. Uh, panic all over the place. And uh, they're, they're trying to recover. Uh, and that really, I was on the spot on that one. That was not a, a fun evening. And then I had to go back and I had to repeat it the other three nights. Not the mistake. I mean, just being there. And although I know had it been popular, I would have repeated it, I guess. Right. So he was not happy. And I went uh, two or three months passed. And I said to, uh, to my boss, Mr. Lane, I said, you know, Mr. Lane, I, I never got paid for that opera thing. And he says, you know, they told me they weren't going to pay for it for your audio reinforcement i said yeah but you know he said you know what i didn't like them anyway i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna fight it so he did he, he finally got paid for this thing but they, they were so miffed at me i mean just you know and just part of the fun things that you can do to screw things up hey this is your host chris again i would like to say thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of achieving failure and we hope you enjoyed our adventures and if you have a life story you want to share with us, shoot us an email at aflvpodcast at gmail.com. That's AF, Achieving Failure, LV, Las Vegas, podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.